0: You're listening to The Itch, my name is Casey,
1: my name is Dan, and I'm Aaron, and this week we are scratching the itch to talk about Lawrence, Kansas. No. (laughs) No one's ever scratched that itch before, I don't think. This might be a first. And no one wants to. (laughs) (laughs) Not
2: even the people in Lawrence, Kansas, want to scratch that itch.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, they got those Jayhawks down there. They love them some Lawrence, probably. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) The reason we're going to talk about Lawrence, Kansas, uh, is part of a bigger picture of what's going on here, and that is that Casey and I took a little itch road trip over that direction to see the Bad Flower, This is How the World Ends Tour which featured Teenage Wrist and the Dead Poet Society. All three of these bands also having had new albums come out this year, one of which we talked about previously being the Teenage Wrist, The Earth is a Black Hole album, fantastic album. I recommend going back into the archives and finding that. So we're going to spend most of our time today talking about the show as well as the Bad Flower album, This is How the World Ends, and the Dead Poet Society album, which I learned a couple hours ago, is called The Exclamation Album all right that's how we're gonna call it anyway because the title of it is literally an exclamation point
2: in parentheses or periods in in hyphen uh, okay which i
1: I, if i remember right they use to um differentiate the more interlude or intro tracks from the full songs which have periods on either end of them yes so that's fun
0: it's the punctuation (laughs) album
2: the punctuation album these guys are about their punctuation i was gonna ask you as a literary man uh did that not bother you (laughs) because as as somebody who's ocd it bothered the shit out of me (laughs) oh i'm sure i'm sure that
1: really messed you up there's punctuation everywhere most of the songs are a string of words combined into one all lowercase and then there's one song that is capitalized in space normally that had to just mess you up entirely (laughs) all of this combined yeah, it, it
2: was it was overwhelming. It was a bit overwhelming. I'm not gonna lie. It made it really hard to get past and actually listen to the music. <laughs> so this
1: week we're gonna introduce you to Dan's new least favorite band, The Dead Poet Society, because no, he just sneaked
2: the album. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say least favorite, but uh, no, just I, I don't know. Like it just kind of stuff drives my OC nuts. Like I don't like grandson did it a couple times and yeah, uh, just. This is a band you're gonna have to just
1: listen to and never look at. Like, yeah. like don't don't look at the liner notes, the song titles, nothing. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I find it hilarious that the album cover two things about it. One, the hyphens and the exclamation point is basically written in blood, it looks like. Yes. But also on the album cover, in a little like paper note behind it, it says fuck it
1: which is a lot of other things i believe right yes
0: yes but but fuck it is the most prominent thing that is funny because when we saw the show we'll get to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can actually get right into that if you want if you want to say yeah, why that doesn't fun. make it's... any
2: sense if yeah, we... yeah, yeah wait okay. i'm gonna forget i won't forget. we don't,
1: don't want to leave dan hanging i got short-term okay. memory dude <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll give you a hint And then we can maybe we can discuss this album a little bit and then Casey can explain exactly why it's relevant to the uh, concert. And the hint is just that if you look at the album and the songs, there's an awful lot of songs that have the explicit E symbol by them. (laughs) Yes. Not all of them, but the ones that don't are usually interludes or instrumentals. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah so dead poet society is a very versatile i would say rock band that uh was originally born out of boston when the members met in college now i believe they're from california their song their front man is a guy named jack Underkoffler, who um the man has a heck of a voice and the sound is quite thick and rhythmic is the best way i could describe it different songs the more i listen to the album i picked up on different vibes i don't want to pigeonhole them any further into a subgenre but the man has skills and this is their technically their debut full-length album though they've been around for a little while and have had some eps and the like in the past as well
0: listening to the album versus watching their show it's insane how live the album translates very well to the stage show they perform the shit out of all of those
1: songs (laughs) That's a very fair way of putting it. Yeah. Better yet,
0: they performed the fuck out of all of the songs. (laughs) And that's why I mentioned that earlier, because in pretty much every song we saw, plus every crowd reaction that the lead singer did, the word fuck was mentioned every time.
1: At least once. (laughs) At least once. Even in the bonus, um, you know, tell them, even on social media. Yeah. Casey's, Casey had a fun, a fun moment of mini celebrity on social media during that show. <laughs> Let you tell that story too.
0: Yeah, we we actually saw two shows within one week time period, and we we've decided to uh live tweet the shows. So we were doing that. And I, I would take a picture of the band and then I would send it to Aaron, and then Aaron would would send it to our page, and we would tag the band, and then the band shared the tweet and wrote their own quote. And then that kind of exploded in and of itself. So he said, Lawrence, Kansas, the smallest show of the tour so far, but quite possibly the most epic. That was fucking crazy.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) even in the retweet, he managed to sneak a bomb in. The only time I didn't hear one was when we briefly spoke with the band after the show or sorry, after their set. But then again, it was also loud, and we were all wearing masks, and they were behind the table, and so he might have snuck one in, and we just missed it. I'm going to presume he probably did.
2: (laughs) Is he British? No, no, Um, he is not. Wow, so he just curses a lot.
1: He just curses a lot. He's like like I said, he's he's from Boston. I didn't pick up any any accent. Well, I shouldn't say he's necessarily from Boston. The band met while they were all in college in Boston. Doesn't mean that they were there any time before or after, but. Nonetheless, there's more to the band than cussing. Um, <laughs> I also believe that he looked like the guy looked like some type of child actor grown up, but I couldn't pinpoint like what child actor exactly. He just looked like he probably had been. That was the vibe I got. I don't know why. I think you might be able to say that about the guy from Bad Flower, too, but I'm not positive. <laughs>
2: That's true. That's true. That's true. We'll come back to Bad Flower. We'll come back um, I, guess I thought that, to be honest. Did he yeah. look
1: like a child actor grown up? Or like well,
2: just like. <laughs> I don't know somebody like that got kicked off a CW show.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> he is, is kind of pretty, and we'll and he, he he there's we'll talk about that whenever we get to their their portion here too. <laughs> but Dead Poets was a heck of a band,
0: man. Between between just the thick sound that they that they did on stage with the bass and the drummer was fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He was he was growling those drums. Actually, all three of the band's drummers growled the crap out of their songs.
2: If I'm being honest, (laughs) yes, growled their songs, huh?
1: That's how I refer to when somebody is just just, like trying to break their own drum set with how how wild they're playing and hard hard they're hitting. Dave Grohl Dave Grohl is known for you know looking like you know Animal from the Muppets, uh, and (laughs) And yet
2: Animal was actually designed after Keith Moon. That's true. That's true. So nonetheless, again, (laughs) so this is an album. What
1: did Dan? You didn't see the show. You did listen to the album a time or two. I would be interested in your your take on what you you heard um, Uh, in the in the brief amount of time we gave you to to check this
2: out. (laughs) It reminds me a lot of nothing but thieves. It Mm. does. Yes. The singing. The one thing I my biggest issue with this is that they don't seem like they quite know their sound. Okay. Um, and and the way I mean that is that they're just all over the place. Like they, <laughs> I mean, one song sounds like nothing but thieves. and they got another song. It kind of sounds much different, like another band, but they're all kind of in that general realm of like, like, yeah, I guess pop alternative. I don't know what the hell you'd call it, but um, yeah, where you know, I think that bad flower and, and uh, teenage wrist all kind of fit into that, that, that genre. I don't like subcategorizing, but I, you know, that's i don't know that's just what i thought like they didn't really kind of have a distinct sound or anything that set them aside from anybody else but um yeah he had a great voice there's a couple songs i really like they had some really good guitar riffs on a couple different songs Mm -hmm. um but yeah all in all i mean it was it was not a bad album i i liked it i was just it's not gonna be like anywhere near my top 20 that's for sure
0: i think I can understand yeah. your your opinion on that. I think I think had you gone to the show uh, with us and seen them live, your opinion might change slightly. But uh,
2: well, I'm sure because like the the I can tell the guitar riffs are you know they lend themselves to a good rock show. You know, especially if they play them out, jam out for a while on the on a couple of the riffs, riffs from their songs. I, I can definitely see that. I mean, like you said, he had a lot of energy, uh, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for the f bomb, so. Uh, <laughs> He'll give them to you, yeah well <laughs> <give> and,
0: <laughs> and seeing them live it's it's it was kind of crazy because for an opening band they I don't know how many people that were there actually knew who they were, but by by the middle of their set they were getting <clears throat> cheered like crazy and like even like like chanting their initials of the band and yeah and stuff it was nuts
1: yeah two, but, two very very important live notes was. For one, a lot of shows you'll you'll go to, you'll see people co- sort of trickle in as the night goes on, to as they get closer and closer to the main act. At this show, despite the fact that Bad Flower was 100% the most popular of the three, and, and they were the one people were there for, that place, 95% of the people that were there for that show were there the whole time. They didn't just show up at the end for Bad Flower.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. You know why? Because there's nothing else to do in fucking Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs>
1: Well that that being what it is, I've rarely seen a show where the opening act was treated as well as Dead Poet Society was. Yeah. Um so so kudos to them for that. Um I don't know if they just have a super loyal fan base or they just won a lot of people over. As I was listening to the album the first few times, I felt I liked the sound, but I also felt it was kind of samey actually. Mm-hmm. The more listens I gave it, the more I started picking up on where there were actually quite a few differences in the different tracks, and so I kinda get what you're saying. Now I get what you're saying about being all over the place, but live and their set was also brief. It was like seven tracks. Yeah. And so, you know, they they were in and they were out high energy, played the bangers, including a few older ones. It wasn't all stuff from this album. And, um, they just, they knew what they were doing. They sounded great.
0: The one track that I really wish they would have played was, uh, basically their opening track, the, uh, future of war. But,
1: uh, future of war is like a two a minute and a half or two minute uh instrumental Mm -hmm. but it is nasty it is one of the nastiest songs on there
0: i think they would have slayed that live but they did not perform it yeah even despite it being only two minutes long
1: (laughs) that is accurate (laughs) and you know interesting that you mentioned that because the second act of the night teenage wrist which of note I, i mentioned again one of my favorite albums of the year earth is a black hole i'm gonna i'm gonna. Promote that one as often as I get the chance to. They also have a pretty nice little opening instrumental on that album that we were, I was certain that they were going to use as an opener (laughs) to open the concert. Didn't show up at all. In fact, the concert, they played three of their first four tracks were older songs from what you could kind of call the previous incarnation of Mm -hmm. the band. Because the interesting thing, we mentioned this before, but we'll cover this again now about Teenage Wrist was they were previously a three piece and their singer. Between their first album and this one, their singer is no longer part of the band. So one of the other band members stepped into the role of lead vocalist. So while they were a four piece on stage, they're technically only two people in the official band right now. But they somehow managed to recover from that swimmingly. I think that this album is actually even better than the first one. And I was a big fan of the first one. So they got they got about 10 songs or so. And I thought they got a pretty solid crowd reaction as well. I don't think they had quite the level of love of Dead Poets. And then Bad Flower just had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hand. But I it, I personally thought it was a great set. And the crowd definitely seemed to appreciate them. You know, you know how every band does the thing of of, hey, how did you like seeing blah, blah, blah? Are you looking forward to whoever, whatever, wherever you are on the set, you do that. Mm hmm. They got their cheers. They all three of these bands got their
2: cheers all night from each other whenever their names were mentioned. It was good stuff.
1: So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, Aaron, because I know that you know, Teenage Risk is kind of one of your favorite bands. Like, I don't know about you, but like, whenever I go into a concert, like, and I'm headed to see a band that I, I love, like that, like I always have high expectations. Was mm-hmm. that the same for you? And, and if that's the case, like, did they live up to your expectations? The show they did.
1: I think that. The crowd was, like I said, only, I still say it was It was only a little bit. I think the crowd was a little more confused by them because Dead Poet Society and Bad Flower are very confessional lyrically. Like the Bad Flower guy is just writing journal entries and you, yeah. there's no, it's poetry, it's poetic, but it's very plain what he's talking about. You know exactly what every track is about. Yeah. You know, uh, Dead Poet Society, their lyrics can be more along the lines of, Some other bands that I really have liked for a long time, like Chevelle, for example, where there's a lot more mystery to what it is exactly that they're talking about. And even if you do know the general subtopic, of what they're talking about, they put things in a very poetic way. It's a very different vocal style. And I think basically what I'm saying is I think you had a lot of uh, more emo (laughs) type of of fans at the show wanting that like spill your heart out to me kind of thing going. (laughs) I gotcha where Teenage Wrist plays their cards a little more close to the chest emotionally, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Their songs, they they translated really well live. We got to talk yeah. to uh, Marshall, the singer. I spoke to him for a few minutes after the show, and he was super, super nice guy and very willing to chat it up. So we had a good little conversation. Had you seen them live previously? No, I've not seen any of these three live bands okay. live previously. I was just
2: curious if like the new singer was better than the old singer or not. I think... The original guy definitely had
1: like this very smooth, like almost gentle voice. And this dude can do that. He sound it's one of those deals where he does a his voice translates perfectly fine to do the old songs, but then also their new stuff broadens out even more from there. And so I think the guy I think the guy took over and does the role swimmingly. And he got more energetic as the show went on, in my opinion. He did. Like his vocals, he, he started putting in a few almost screams that, that actually aren't necessarily even in the album, the way he the way he vocalized certain tracks. So it's like, OK, he's feeling it. I get this. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> and so and again, there are another Casey and I listened to that album on the way in. Album is only a little over a half hour long. It comes and goes so fast. But to me, it's a great experience. Like it, you don't feel like the songs are super short, even though they still move quickly. And so nothing ever drags on longer than it needs to. It's all timed very well. The no live show was the same.
0: That was one of the interesting things with you talking with him was you mentioned, you know, hey, great set. And he, he's like, Hey, thanks. We we kind of feel like we're out of place on this bill because because people are like, Hey, we want to listen to Bad Flower. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that well, that's what I told yeah. him. So I'll tell you I'll tell you this that I was thinking of earlier actually. So I thought this was a great perfect like choice of lineup mm-hmm. whenever i saw that these, these three guys were going out and i'd having been familiar with them enough i was like whoever put these three bands together i would probably trust that matchmaker to prop to also find me a wife you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. I'm like this yeah. guy knows, or girl knows <laughs> what they're doing whoever they are but i went up to him
2: and i said something huh they're concert people. They're not magicians. <laughs> All right. Casey and I will be resuming the show for the next 20 minutes. Dan's in time out now. <laughs>
1: no, but I didn't make any weird comments about wedding matchmakers. No, that's, that's probably would have been weird, but nonetheless, I mentioned that, that to him, I was like, whoever put this set together or this, the tour together, I think they did a great job. And he was like, really? Cause Cause a lot of nights we kind of feel like we stick out like a sore thumb. Um, And, and so I thought that first of all, I thought it was very interesting of him to be that candid. And then second of all, I got what he was saying as I thought about it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think that they fit. And also it's my personal bias. Cause I was really excited about seeing each of the three bands. <laughs> right, so maybe right, it wasn't right. so much, you guys are a perfect fit for each other so much as yeah. I'm so glad I can knock out three, you know, three birds with one stone here. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and so.
0: Yeah. And yeah. The, the other interesting thing is you were, you were chatting with them and, and
1: uh,
0: you mentioned how like the album as a whole would have made a nice
1: set. And he's like, Hmm, we've never tried that before. Yeah. He, he sounded surprised. And a part of me wonders if he was being sarcastic, but, but he was like, he was like, really? We should try that sometime. But, but what's funny to me was they, um, earlier this year, they also released like a live version of like a live album as well. And in it, like 75% of it was this album in order with just a few of the older tracks intermingled in. So I'm like, you kind of already have actually done this, but, and also I don't know how you could be oblivious to that because the album starts and finishes with probably the two strongest songs, which I think is a great way to do a concert set list. Like, you know, get them coming and going like with
2: with the big ones, you know? Right. So I'm out of time out now.
1: You're (laughs) you're your All right. You can come back. (laughs) (laughs) You can come back. Um, and that led us to Bad Flower, whose new album, This Is How the World Ends, came out on September 24th. So, like, we're literally one of the first, this was literally one of the first shows that they played post-release. Release. release post like in release, the first, Yeah, yeah first, uh, you know, week, two weeks. Within two yeah. weeks of its release.
0: Yeah, I, I saw him twice within about a three-week time period.
1: Yeah. That is accurate. <laughs> and you can go back to our Point Fest, Riot Fest episode to hear... Uh, more about Dan and Casey's uh, previous experience seeing them here.
2: Yeah, and played a couple new songs at that show. Wasn't entirely familiar with everything that they played besides the singles, but I think they pretty much played majority of the singles that were released. Uh, when yeah, we saw them the first I think time.
0: I'm pretty sure when we saw them that first time, which was I'm pretty sure the first time they played a lot of those songs live
2: for the first yeah, time, because he, he said he that, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he, he mentioned that. Um but the, the album was about five days away from being released when we saw him. Yep. And, uh, they played, you know, four or five songs off the new album, but on this one, <laughs> when, when Aaron and I saw him, they played all but two songs off of the oh, album. Wow.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Cause this album is fantastic. I, I really, it's, yeah. it is so good. It's different. I mean, he's one thing that he is, he's an amazing writer. He's so good. Like you said earlier, he's such a good storyteller. It's mm-hmm. so like, everything is just such a, a, like so definitive, so, uh, depictive. You can just picture it happening as he's talking about it. And it, and like there's songs that like make you like him as a person. There's songs that like make you hate him as a person. It's just amazing <laughs> yeah. that he has that ability through writing lyrics to, uh-huh give that uh, that not only to get that emotion out of people but to just uh to just pour his emotion out and to just share everything like he's he's like an open book like everything uh, that he's ever has ever felt or has happened to this man he's put in a song and that's Uh, why i use the word emo it's not even as a joke
1: it's because the man writes from his emotions in these songs it comes out very clearly and he is as dan said fantastic at it um open book is a good way a good way to put it
0: but before we get too far diving into the album slash the live performance that erin and i just saw i have to note that this poor guy was sick when when we saw him to the point where he was like blowing his nose after every song
1: he goes he goes well it wasn't COVID. He swore on it. He swore on his life that it wasn't COVID. He he goes, he goes, listen, guys, I'm sorry, but I I have a cold. He goes, so if you see snot dripping out of my nose. No, you didn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he that's proceeded funny. to grab a tissue and blow his nose for a really long time.
1: <laughs> Multiple times, he was just blowing his nose. I'm pretty sure people in the crowd were like asking him for it. I'm like, you guys are disgusting. If this is if that's really what's happening, he did not give it to them.
0: At one point, <laughs> at one point, it looked like he was going to throw it at somebody, and then he just threw it on the ground. <laughs>
1: The poor guy. Immediately after the show ended, they they pretty much ushered him out and took him. I'm like, he just needs a nap. That guy's got to go to sleep.
0: We actually <laughs> would have like ran into him if we if we stayed where we were because because he the, the yes. guy the security guy was like, hey, the, the band's coming through. You gotta you gotta move out of here. So we we started to move, and it then was, he came out the side
1: door. It wasn't <laughs> it, even the whole band.
2: It was literally just it was Josh. Just him. It, it was just, just Josh. Josh. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. So you guys are talking about Josh Katz, the lead singer of bad flower. And just to kind of give a little bit of background of bad flower, they're a rock band they've been around since uh honestly, like the 2016 was their first big release. It was an EP uh, mm-hmm. called temper, uh, but they didn't really get recognition until their album. Okay. I'm sick came out in 2019 and, and we mentioned it before. Like it, it got very good reviews from the itch uh, back, back 2019 and made our, our top 20 list. Um and I, I think that this is a great follow up album to that it's just it's really good um and just i mean just picks up right where they left off like yeah
0: <laughs> it it picks up right it even does the same formula that there's certain songs that you can track back up to each album that kind of fit together the same same type of topics and and storylines
1: he's a very um like some of the songs are kind of a tough listen he he's definitely i guess what you call like a feeler. Yeah. Like a guy he feels things strongly and and so a lot of the things you're dealing with are anxiety related. Like he's worried about where the world is going. He's he's worried about relationships, he's worried about getting old and dying. Like he, he and he, he confronts his fear of dying in, in the last song on the album, and it's a beautiful song, which was the encore closure for this set list. Nice. Um it's called My Funeral. And so it's as well as the song called 30 they put out between albums, which
2: is literally about him turning 30 and hating that to acknowledge that he was turning 30. <laughs> they put out a whole bunch of uh, songs in between albums that yes. like they released two non album singles in between albums, 30 and fuck the world. So that's, it's just really interesting that like that they would do that for one. And then not put them on this album, too. But I mean, I right. guess I just felt that it didn't fit. Like, I think this out- and actually I'm glad that we are kind of talking about this because that's one thing I wanted to ask you, would you consider this a concept album? I wouldn't because
1: I don't think it follows like a thread from start to finish, per se. I think it's just a lot of like diary, like journal entries about his feelings on different matters. So if you call that a concept, okay. but I usually my definition would be a little tighter,
0: like start to finish. It's a tighter
1: like there's
2: some kind of common thread of like a character or. Well, he's the uh, character. It's it's, yeah, yeah, he's the common thread. Like that's that's why that I I I don't think it's a concept album, but I do think it's close to one because I think all the songs revolve around him or his thoughts or his life. Um, Yeah. And and so he is the common thread through every single song
1: as I was talking with Casey and I were talking about that before, about how almost every one of his songs is either first person yeah. where he's, he's, you know, discussing his own feelings on Thoughts. a matter or yeah. Or he's observing usually somebody else's bad behavior. Yeah. As in, as in the, uh, the, the opening boyfriend. track. <laughs> well, yeah. As in, as in the track that they opened the show with track two on the album, uh and so uh,
2: do you not want to say fuck boy
1: i wanted to let you say it because i know i know you prefer that you have a, a lot more fondness for that word than i do
2: so well it's just really funny because like you know i i feel like he, he wrote that about like somebody in particular and like, yeah it, it's just funny like i i'm glad that i don't know somebody like josh katz in the sense that like he sounds like he's a great guy he's a great writer but you know that if you know him you're gonna end up in one of his songs like and and you're just gonna be listening to this song like damn this sounds like me fuck yeah right i'm the fuck boy yeah
0: (laughs) especially if you're that guy and you listen to that song and you're like right i'm gonna kill that guy the next time i see him like you know I'm sure it's
2: Johnny. Johnny's the fuck boy, but yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Track four, Johnny wants to fight, which they also played live and was a lot of fun. Yes. Did so. they play Stalker?
2: Oh man, did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that song. It, it's so fun. Like I, okay. So just to give you a heads up, I'm sure you guys have a great story. But like, uh, when I first heard that song, I was in my car. I had the windows down. And I had the song blasted, and somebody pulled up next to me in the intersection and just kind of gave me one of these side eyes, <laughs> like what <the laughs> eye? is this guy listening to? Because I'm sitting there screaming, like I'm a fucking killer, like. <laughs> 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 so I want. Will...
1: <laughs> I think uh, Casey, if you want to tell the, the talk about this song in particular, but I want to note first one of the things that I loved about this band on the album and and obviously live is going to be the same thing, is the way that. The, the lyrics and what's happening in the song and the music behind it work. So on, on, like, for example, um, there's a song on here called Sasshole. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and, and, and not only that, you have everyone's an asshole and sasshole right, all right, on the same album. He's
1: feeling that. But on Sats' hole he one of the, the the one of the big lines in the song is that guy is so rock and roll. Yep. But and the, and so the fact that the word rock and roll is put in there, if you listen to me, that that track is the most like pure, straight up old like school rock and roll song on the album. So it fits perfectly. And then you know, on the one Dan was worried about there, um <laughs> there's he's talking about this guy sarcastically, this guy who's just out there to get girls and use them. He doesn't really care. He's 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 awful, but the way that he sings it is is almost in this taunting style. Like his vocals match the message that he's trying to convey. You know what I'm yes, saying?
0: Yes, yes.
1: And Stalker is probably the king of that. Stalker is the most creepy, manic <laughs> vocal <laughs> delivery, and it's amazing. So, yeah, tell us tell us about that song, Casey, when we saw it live.
0: <laughs> well, and and next to Girlfriend, which is, yeah. is still my personal favorite song, which they killed that song live um but stalker man is just
1: i don't even so like i want to give a shout out to the lighting crew for for this set, like, oh that's right for bad flower
0: that's where you're going with this okay yeah
1: and so well just like when he's singing the song when he starts it was like stalker stalker da 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 and he's and he's talking about how he's pretty much obsessing over this girl mm-hmm. and like so, the light sign is just shining on his face, like a like somebody with like a a flash uh, flashlight or something <laughs> at a campfire. Nice. Yeah. And he's like just like got these like crazed look in his eyes. Yeah. And wasn't that the one where he went into the crowd, or was that girlfriend? Um, that was girlfriend when he went okay. into the crowd, which, which is still a similar concept. Is is, it's, is a very yeah. creepy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I was I was pointing that out when we were listening to to the tracks on the way to the show because girlfriend has. Towards the end, I mean, basically, it's he's admiring somebody from afar, and then taking it a step further by going to their house and wanting to basically stab them and taste their blood at the end of the song. So it's 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 equally crazy with it's messed up with stalker. But
1: uh, (laughs) there was a handful of times throughout the show where. just this show was put together so well in terms of even this guy being sick. Yeah. But everything from the lighting to the timing, to his expressions and movements during the song to convey like the frame of mind that, you know, him or whoever the character is in the song was, would be in was fantastic. Like they put it, they just put it together so well. And that's one of those things where you do catch those vibes on the album, but it's so much, it's even that much more powerful seeing it live.
0: Right. And then especially with the lighting effects, and then plus, he was kind of fighting the crowd a little bit, which was hilarious because a-
1: affectionately
0: fighting well, the crowd. Of, of of course, of course, because <laughs> at one point somebody in the in the he's he's blown his nose and and this person yells out, "Smile!" And he's like, "I don't smile. I don't even smile. I don't smile ever." Like, <laughs> no, I never smile. I never smile. And he's like, "I feel like I feel like shit right now. I don't want to smile."
1: yeah that's why. that's why i said he was earlier he yeah he goes um he goes i don't smile ever i don't like when people tell me to smile especially right now he's like i don't feel cute yeah right i'm sick <laughs> and then there was a part where a guy was like like they finished the song and the dude was like play jester and he's like we got the set list written right here in front of us <laughs> we already know what we're playing next you don't have to do that like yeah. And then he goes, okay, now we're gonna play the next song we want to play.
0: <laughs> and then and then that song would end, and then someone would yell out another song, and he's like, No uh, again, what 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 are you what are you doing? And there was people in the crowd raising were their hands. There people raising their hands and he's like, This isn't class. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, gonna call, I'm not gonna call on you and take requests.
1: Right. Are you raising your hands like you're in school? Yeah it was hilarious it, it was great he was having a good time and the people were having a good time with him um i don't know he did give a pick to somebody who, who yeah was their first show i'm not honestly sure i'd want a pick from the guy who had been blowing his nose on stage all night but you know to each their own yeah,
2: that's what light sauce for
1: that's true because right, right, it right, also right. went through like 10 other
2: people's hands to get to to the person in the crowd that's and so, also true <laughs> now, he That's seems awesome. like a brutally honest guy um and would be a lot of fun to hang around with yeah i think i
1: think there's that could that be accurate
2: the the only two <laughs> songs on this
1: album that they did not play um, was the first track adolescent love which is a, more or less an acoustic ballad and then uh she knows which is dead center of the album also very soft ballad so the only one of those softer songs that they played um was my funeral which if i remember right, doesn't stay soft the whole time, but Not entirely, they kind of they kind of no. kept yeah. they kept all the, you know the up tempo energetic ones for a live show and and cut those ones out. But those are beautiful songs. I want to note that those are still those are excellent songs. Yeah, but I get why you would leave them out of a live set.
0: Well, in my funeral, as I believe as we mentioned, was the uh, the encore song that, they, that yeah. they played.
1: They closed with Ghost on the regular set, um, as they as they should probably yeah
0: yeah and yeah. then. <laughs> girlfriend so at one point during girlfriend which they turn that into like a almost a jam bandy song at one point which which they don't on the uh, on the actual album track but so he he climbs up off stage and there's this like little side table thing and he gets up on it he's playing guitar and there's a speaker hanging behind his head so he's he's playing and after he's done he's like oh, man, that's that speaker messed me up. I, that was a bad decision. <laughs> what was I
1: thinking? What Playing I right thinking? in front of the speaker. at <laughs> like the most hectic part of the song with it right behind his ear. And he with already the,
2: probably had a headache. <laughs> yeah, he already had a,
0: a headache, sinus <laughs> cold.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> so I was kind of curious, because one thing that I found really funny uh, when I bought the second album is, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I got into like album reviews for the first album. Uh okay, I'm sick. And you know the like the the Amazon reviews. And it was so funny how many people were like, "Oh this album was great up until Die. Why you got to be political? Uh, oh, you got to be political. Uh man, I was loving this album until Die. Die is a terrible song." And so when I pulled in the second album and <laughs> the song Everyone's an Asshole starts playing, I know exactly why he wrote that fucking song. (laughs) That's exactly why it's because of those fucking assholes. I do
1: want to note in there for context for anybody who hasn't heard bad flower before die is a track in which um, Josh Katz literally tells Donald Trump to die. (laughs) Um, So that is, you're talking about how you said something to effect earlier about how, you know, he doesn't really mince words or whatnot. No, no, that is. <laughs> no. It's not just man. The country sucks. I wish it weren't divided, and we didn't have this terrible president. It's this man needs to die, <laughs> and so it's 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 taking it up a notch. It's a little extra on on the
2: on on the hate,
1: you know. And so, <laughs> and so I, yeah. I
2: get it. You know, if you're a fan of of him, uh, that's probably you're, you're going to be upset about some a song like that. And so, um, so I, I think that it's just it was great that they responded with everyone's an asshole. Like these these lyrics are just great. Like it starts off with everyone's an expert in some field. They've never studied fully. Yep. Like, (laughs) boom, right off the bat, you hit, you you suck me. And you're like, you're right. Everybody is (laughs) an expert. And so like, it's just, it's just great. Like the whole song is, is so fantastic. He's
1: a pretty good observer of, of uh, human behavior. Correct. Um, and and some of that is really difficult to hear. Like, like that one is kind of tough because you hear it and you're like, yeah, he's not really wrong. I wish he were wrong. He's not. <laughs> and then you hear like for me, like one of the probably the hardest song on the album to listen to is track 11 is called Tethered. And it's basically this story about this girl who more or less gets date raped at a party and then which somehow leads into this continuously abusive relationship. And he's just basically singing about how like, when you get tethered to someone in this way, you lose your own identity. And it's just like it hurts because I'm like, we all know somebody who has had some version of that thing happen to them. Maybe not every detail specifically, but people who have been abused in those kind of things. If And maybe some of us ourselves are, you know, people that we're really close to. Yeah. And so that kind of thing, I'm like, man, it's one of those deals where like, I wish he wasn't so spot on about how crappy some human behavior can be and how damaging it can be
2: and he's so descriptive with, yeah, it. like it yeah. paints such a, a, a picture that it's hard to not put that in your mind. Like it's hard to not mm-hmm. see what, what he's describing. Um, cause yeah. there's a, there's a song and the previous album that it, it makes me sick every time I hear it because of how good he is at describing it and how terrible, uh, of what the action is that's going on. It's a song called daddy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it just makes you sick because uh, yeah. he, he does such a great job of describing everything and, and telling everything in, in such a story that you feel for a, everybody that's going, you know, the, the you feel for the character in the situation, in the song. Right. And so it, he does that again with, you know, with Tethered.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great way of putting
2: it. He's a very vivid storyteller, um,
1: whether he's the character or somebody else is. And it's it's sad. Yeah. They did play a song. They play a song called Don't Hate Me. And and the line at the chorus of it is don't hate me more than I hate myself, which I think which is also just a sad line. But it was the humorous irony, I guess, to me of them doing that song live was that that song was super over with the crowd. And so that's yeah. why my thought whenever we saw them play that, I'm like, there is not a person in this room who hates this man singing this song right now. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> If, if you love, if you could love yourself as much as the people in this room seem to love you, you would be really onto something, bud. Like, (laughs) I'm rooting for you. You'll get there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I hope that that's how he deals with uh, his, his demons and and how he gets, you know, through the day is by writing this stuff out because, you know, it's very reminiscent of Chester, Chester Bennington. Mm, Yeah to where he just writes super depressing songs sometimes. And you just don't want that, you know, you don't want him to obviously follow down that path. Yeah. Because he's a a fantastic musician. And and I know that the rest of the band is great. You know, you said the drummer was great. They had some great guitar solos, but this band is pretty much Josh Katz. Like there's, there's no way that this would continue without him.
0: Right, right, right.
2: And to be honest, bands that are that like,
1: I guess, like emotionally vulnerable, like singers like they do worry me. Yeah. (laughs) And, And I agree exactly with what you're saying. I'm like, I really hope that this is therapeutic and helpful because they're feeling some stuff and dealing with some things very openly and on a very deep level that can overwhelm people and to a dangerous point sometimes. But man, when you have a gift and some of them these are just such incredibly gifted artists like this guy is, you know, taken a step away from the intensity, like 13 tracks on this album, there is not one what I would call weak track on the whole thing. I think this I think every single track on this thing is is a winner. And so the fact that you have a musician and well, a number of musicians, I don't want to discredit the rest of the band yeah. that can. Have each song stand out in its own way and be about a unique topic, and be ridiculously catchy. As pretty much they all
0: are, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah.
1: Like these guys have got like you know vocal like melodies and hooks for days in here,
0: and that's one thing that I kind of thought was interesting. I mean, I know they've released the the EP prior to and then a the couple songs in between, but but the the two full length albums both are thirteen tracks, both are over 40 minutes long Mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of the similarities between that and then plus the topics within both both albums as as we've been referring to just kind of interesting how it all ties together
1: one thing that i i like as we it seems like we're getting kind of to the end of the of the conversation here but the the track the closer i think going back to sort of the album as therapy um, I, the first time I listened to my funeral it was really hard for me because the concept of what he's doing is he's he's sort of daydreaming he says I'm gonna light a candle and and you say fantasize my funeral or something he's imagining yeah. what yeah, would yeah, happen yeah. and what how people would react if he died you know the first part of it is kind of humorous but also in a very clever way where he's talking about like you know my enemies would apologize for how much they hated me and i'd probably trend on social media which really i think is is great satire touching on like how we are like thoughts and prayers and that kind of thing but then towards the end of it he finally gets to a point where he's like all right i'm i'm basically going to shut up now and i'm going to he says and donate to a charity that's what he says so which i've always thought as one who has sort of walked with someone through some self-destructive behaviors one of the best ways to deal with those kind of thoughts and things is to do what you can to get outside yourself and to see and to involve yourselves in the lives of other people and so I particularly loved that line where he he kind of is like okay I'm done being this introspective for the moment I'm gonna take a step backward I'm gonna go think about some other people and and kind of kind of get on with my day at least for right now not to say that those things might not come back later but you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a really cool closure to that track. He said, I'm going to end this ritual of, you know, lighting the candle and, and thinking about his own death.
2: <laughs> well, and hopefully, I mean, you know, like we, we were just talking about that, hopefully that means that this is how he deals with it. And, and going mm-hmm. out and playing these songs live is, is how he gets through his day. And and then at the end of the day, like he says, he just shuts the fuck up and donates to him charity. i have to believe
1: the guy does he strikes me the plus of people who feel that deeply is that they really are often some of the most caring people you'll ever meet that empath or whatever you want to call it the person who like can feel other people's pain a lot and you can tell by the lyrics that this guy has a big heart like he's caring about this girl who's being taken advantage of in the song and he's caring. like in machine gun is kind of basically in an anti-war song like he cares about people who are being left behind and
2: um question about machine gun do you think that's a personal story i couldn't tell you uh, I, no it, I mean that's the thing Like he's so good at it like you yeah. no, can't tell like <laughs> yeah. it, it's written like it's from his perspective that he got basically that his parents signed him up for the military and uh he's dealing with it but like it's mm-hmm. just it's it's such a great another great l- lyrical song that you just you're like man if this really happened that sucks but If not, like I can imagine that this happening to somebody, and he just does such a great job of depicting that. He covers so many of the—I don't know if you want to call them arguments, or at least the justified
1: concerns about the military and going to war. You know, he says, Mm -hmm. "They said we're the good guys, but what if we're the terrorists?" And even the chorus of it, I just think is beautiful. This is how the world is. They, this is how they suck you in, manipulate the broken to suffer every consequence. They gave me a machine gun, but I don't want to hurt no one. There's nothing here to fight for. This is someone else's war, and so I can resonate with a lot of that that stuff. But not at not being a veteran or anything like that, but resonate with those feelings and concerns about you know militaristic action. Like I get it, and so. I don't think
2: it's a real story. I don't think but. so either, because in the last verse, he does say, maybe I don't know a damn thing. I've never been through anything. This is all I can be, a voice for someone else's grief. He fired mm. that machine gun. She never meant to hurt no one, because once you leave a headstone, you never really make it home. Woo. My dude, Josh. you just yeah. The dude has a gift. I don't, we're, we're starting to, I don't want to. Be repetitive? Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> beat that horse here, but. It's just, I think out of all the albums, that have been written this year. I don't think anybody has done such a great job of of storytelling from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think the one you got to compare it to and going back to what you're asking about being a concept album is another one. That's going to be a contender for one of the top spots on our top 20, which is that pretty reckless album from the beginning of the year where she was processing grief throughout the whole album and telling all of these, all these stories through it. And it's still different but man, the albums where they get you emotionally are really the ones that stick with you. I'm going to be coming back to this album a lot
2: more than most of the albums that I've heard this year. So <laughs> me too. And then it's funny. Cause like, then you gotta, you gotta balance it out. Like, you know, yeah. this is I mean, the yeah. album that kind of drags you down. So you gotta then follow it up with all good things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, right, right. Play all good things. <laughs> right.
0: Oh man. That's so. a great point.
2: Casey, <laughs> okay, so you got any closing
1: notes on this concert before we head out of here? Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I just I think it was great, despite him being um, sick and under the weather. the The crowd reaction that he did that he did do. We mentioned uh, in the the fest episode some of the the artists that are not so great at crowd reaction. <laughs> He's he one of the better ones, and there was another girl that uh, it was her first concert as well, and he actually got off the stage. And like started playing the guitar and singing to the girl. So he, he really cares about his fans and Mm -hmm. it it showed uh, during the concert, even if some of them were heckling him to uh, play their favorite song, (laughs) (laughs) but it it made for fantastic uh, performance. And um, when, when I saw him at Point Fest, they, they impressed me, but, but seeing them as a headlining act, they impressed me that much more, which
2: is, is really
0: saying something.
2: Well, guys, you did your job. You've got me excited. I am looking forward to seeing them on mm-hmm. Shiprocked. There you Hopefully, go. Hopefully he's not sick. This was... I don't know, I mean, That's true. They won't <laughs> allow him on the ship. No, seriously, they won't allow him on the ship if he is. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I want to note that the in
1: concerts have only been back for a couple months now and the itch has is, is already reported on like four on four of them yes. this was the first official itch road trip i believe at least for yes my, ever yes ever yes. Probably. Yes. <laughs> ever <Yeah>. ever <laughs> i drove from from st louis to kansas city to lawrence um dan's going to be going out into uh into i don't know is it international waters technically
2: uh not, not i don't necessarily. know Just he's gonna be going it. out on
1: the ocean that'll be yeah. the that'll be the first non-land yeah. uh itch trip <laughs> on <Shiprocked. laughs> and so it'll it'll be happening again it, it this will not be the last the last time that uh that we take a little road trip to see somebody that's so, right yep next time we're gonna try well at some point we'll get all three of us in on it dan has yeah.
2: family responsibilities and so <laughs> we, we share we share him we give him a little grace but yeah, I had a sick son that night, too. So I would not know uh, it was the other concert. Never mind. I still yeah. wouldn't have been able to just. Yeah, yeah you weren't able. I can't, I can't be a non, you know, non responsible parent. Yeah. <laughs> not in my nature.
1: All right. We got to wrap this up. So the moral of the story here is go listen to the albums by all three of these bands. If the show comes near you, try to see it, but make sure the tickets are listed for the right venue. and and enjoy you some music
2: is that why you drove out to kansas no no no
1: they changed the venue oh
0: we we don't know this entirely but we think that they had it at one venue they moved it and then they said don't worry all tickets for a said venue will be valid at this venue but when we were trying to buy tickets it was still listed at the old venue and anytime you would try to click on it, the event would just be gone and disappear nice. and didn't exist. So you had to search really hard to find where the new venue was. I got you. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, go out, enjoy concerts and rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about
1: the show.
0: We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's
2: playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail, and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.
1: So if you see snot dripping out of my nose, no you didn't.